Oh, I thought we were already going. Oh, no, sorry. Shit. Have you not been recording? No. <laughs> we are. I've been going since the start. I, I, I press record the moment you ring, John, because, because it's like comedy gold. Okay, well, let's try this again. Okay, let's try it again. See if we can keep it natural and real. <laughs> Scotty, uh, Scotty, I'm ready whenever you are. Hello, Scotty. Earth to Scotty. Scotty. Scotty, I'm ready whenever you are. Hello, Scotty. How long do you think I can keep this going for? <laughs> I don't know. I've been waiting for two weeks. I've been like, I've been like sitting here in a dark room saying, Scotty, where are you? Where are you? Where have you been? Fuck, you know, like, people have been calling from work saying, where are you? The wife and child and dog are, are, are like, well, none of them care. The dog probably doesn't get fed. But, you know, I've been waiting here for two weeks, and you've, you just you just don't want to record with me. There are other ways of telling me, Scotty. Come on. I know it's because I've been lording it over you about how much better my life is. And now, I, now you make me fake sad, and I can't even hold that. <laughs> <laughs> for for someone who works for a, a movie company, I I see why you're on the technology side and not the acting side. Oh my god, that's so mean. <laughs> <laughs> that, that performance would have gone down as wooden. I think is the uh, is the way it would have been described. <laughs> I could, as in, wouldn't it be nice if I didn't do that? Yes. Uh, um, um, yeah, it did. He tried to portray emotion. Emotion, but it, it just didn't work. There we no. are. Anyway, John, so what have you actually really been doing in the last two weeks? I mean, have you been sort of changing the world of technology? Have you been brightening up the lives of many? Uh, I don't know whether I've been brightening up. Well, I don't know. Who knows? I've shipped a couple of things and fixed a bunch of problems. Would you like to hear some of them? Yes, I would love to. Well, uh, we shipped coming soon. So that was a, I think I, I talked about at great length. Um, working on this thing called the mini player, which is an embeddable video player, which has to have, you know, sophisticated controls when it goes full screen and less sophisticated controls when you tap on it after playback has begun and pretty much no controls in order to be as performant as possible during loading in, uh, of, of a scroll view. Um, and so uh, the test ran, and, and now it's been productized, and there's some links. People have noticed it. it seems nice. So you can tap on the Coming Soon tab and see an array of, of new content that's coming. So that's nice. Um, and so then the other things that I, I've been working on, always my accessibility hat, um, and I was embarrassed to to have to <laughs> finish it, you know, whatever, fix a, a bug that somebody in our customer service department who cares about accessibility a lot says, you know, for all the work you do, if somebody actually tries to <laughs> call our, our customer center, you know, using voiceover, they can't. Well, they, they, they kind of can, but they can't do well because none of the labels uh, were there. And and this is something, this isn't like somebody did the, the, the VoIP dialer long before I ever joined. And I just, I'm embarrassed to say it's, it's a corner of the app that I've never tried out. Um, and it was, it was in really bad shape and it, it, it was in such bad shape at first I was thinking, gosh, I'm going to have to rewrite it. But in fact, uh, it was less difficult than, than I imagined. I learned some helpful tricks, which I would like to share with you. Can I share them? Just let me get comfortable, John. I'm ready, and the excitement is rising. Oh, I think you're 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 being sarcastic there, Scotty. <laughs> no, but... no, no. 
I generally I would like to hear how yeah. your useful your useful tricks. Yeah. So uh, the thing about it was is this is done with a storyboard. You remember when storyboards were in fashion? Everybody says, "Oh, just use a storyboard; it's the best. You'll feel like you know, just you're a graphic designer laying out these 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 views, and it's so easy." So the the dialer has you know one two three four five six seven eight nine, and then the asterisks and pound keys and the hang up and and a show keyboard. So. Um, and it, it actually, to make that work with the voiceover, it's kind of challenging because you have mainline audio, which is the actual call going through, and then the voiceover announcements. It's, it, it, it actually makes it a, a little bit trickier, and I don't know whether it's perfect now, but it's wildly better. And so how it became wildly better is that the, the actual dialing buttons uh, were consist of, of container views, and then some of them had, we have an icon font for certain glyphs, which we, we, we've used, although we've stopped using it, but still for legacy stuff it's in there and then some have just buttons on it with with numbers so you have essentially three views that are contained um, and for testing purposes, you know, the, the main buttons, uh, especially the ones that require you to, 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 to press if there's a, a calling menu, like, you know, press three for Spanish. Um, so it would really suck if you're a voiceover user in Spanish and you're saying press three and you can't figure out which is the three button or, you know, to end this call and you can't figure out which is the end button. So um, a very common thing I've seen in with accessibility is, is you kind of have to figure out which to make an accessibility element and which not. Um, because if you use the stock classes like UI button, it's all done for you. You know, the button is the accessibility element, but the accessibility label actually comes from the, the title label of the button and its implementation does that for you. If you have a UI view by default, it's not an accessibility element. So it's all on you. Um, and so it was really just a matter of going to the storyboard and selecting a bunch of elements, which by default are like text labels. And, uh, if you use glyphs, if you use a text font like we do, and and like Apple is now, is it's everything old is new again. But you know, uh, Swift UI and, and iOS thirteen has like you know these system glyphs. Uh, if you use them by default, the text label is an accessibility element because it just reads it out. But if you're reading out a a glyph, it doesn't know what to read, and it just either sounds completely stupid or or wrong. So in this particular case, the thing to do was just to to manually go in there and and in the storyboard you know, disable accessibility element for the, the elements that don't make sense and have the container ones be it. But then, you know, normally when you're doing accessibility labels, you, you have to use localized strings. But lo and behold, numbers don't need to be translated, <laughs> which is really convenient. But to make them read out, uh, uh, you know, naturally, you know, uh, numeric keys on a keypad will have a number, but they also have little, you know, alphabetic characters below it. So, like, the the, the number two has the letters D-E-F. So, at first, I just did two and then an accessibility hint of D-E-F so that it, the accessibility hint is what gets read afterwards. And, and voiceover users will typically swipe very quickly and they have the... the 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 text speed at a kind of a high rate when they're used to it, but if it's the first time they're encountering or encountering something new, you may wait a second, and then the accessibility hint will will be read and it tells you what's going on. So I took advantage of that. But the first time I did it, I t I had one as accessibility label, and then def as accessibility hint, and it read as one def because it just treated the capital def as a, as an acronym, like def as in def jam, but. If you just put a comma between them, comma introduces a pause or even just a space in that particular. I used a comma, so it's a slight pause. So then you had two, D, E, F, and it really worked well. 
And I could do it in one place, didn't have to have anything translated. And so what seemed like it would be a monstrous problem ended up not being that bad after all. Um, and the good thing is, is I was able to use that as an opportunity to then share with my colleagues um, saying, you know, this is how you maintain minimum viable accessibility because it is a big problem with us because, you know, this, uh, the voice dialer never, never changes. It's kind of <laughs> the fact that nobody's been in there is a testament to the fact that we just don't feel the need to run A-B tests to, to change the layout of, of a dialer keyboard. But the rest of our app is constantly being A-B tested, including main parts. And we received, uh, you know, a friendly reminder on, on Apple Viz in, in a discussion thread and, and through some email to him saying, hey, you know, something's happened with this new version of Netflix. I can't navigate the way I used to. Um, and, and I was thinking, what do you mean? And then I then realized, uh, to my horror, uh, that an A-B test was being run. The, the, the minimum viable accessibility was not maintained because things like headers. So if you have a collection view or a table view, uh, header cells, um, by default... Are, are 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 labeled with an accessibility trait of heading, which is very helpful because if you imagine, you know, when Netflix is, has these long scrolling row, um, and so if you're trying to get from the very top of the screen to, let's say, four, four rows down to your continue watching row or, you know, comedies for you, you use something called the rotor, which allows you to change the way you navigate with each flick. So you can go letter to letter or word to word or heading to heading. And uh, people who navigate the, the our, our app, the main screen of our app with voiceover, very typically, you know, need to get very quickly to my list or continue watching. So they'll just flip their index finger up and down and that jumps. It's actually faster navigation than you can do with scrolling. It's really cool. But you need that trait there. So for, for want of that little... Uh, uh accessibility trait being set on there, it made navigation much worse. And another problem that was in this particular test is there were a lot of, you know, as, as is common, reusable cells. Um, and so some cells will have an image and some cells will have a play button. And the play button actually wasn't a UI button. It was an image which have a tap gesture recognizer associated with it, which I think if it's a button, you should use a button. But uh, my colleague, I think for, for justifiable performance reasons, says that, hey, there's a lot of overhead. So every time I can shave off something, I do. And I get it. But I learned something that a gesture recognizer attached to a view will then basically set the, the accessibility trait of that view to be button. But if you hide the, the view and there's a gesture recognizer still around on it, if you hide a UI button from the view hierarchy, it, it kind of also removes it from the accessibility accessible accessibility elements on that view. So in other words, it hides it from voiceover. But it doesn't do the same thing if you hide a, a view which has a gesture recognizer out. You have to explicitly go in and say, is it an accessibility element? No. And that actually makes a big difference because a typical way of going uh, of, of navigating through the app is just swiping left or right, and that will just go in order through the items. And so if you have items that are there that are not read, don't do anything, it really makes it much slower to navigate. And if you can imagine with a bunch of nested views, every cell might have two or three views, only really one of which makes any sense to, 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 to make accessible and to give a label and to give a trait. And so those two things made, you know, and we're talking about kind of two, three lines of, of code um, makes a world of difference. So that's the bad news is that we ship that. The good news is that we ship every week. And once you show it to people and, and actually make screen movies and show the difference in navigation and then have a letter that comes from somebody, then they can say, oh, I get it. I understand 
it won't it won't happen again. I can see um, what I need to do. So that was my adventure over the last couple of weeks. I mean, that was that raises some interesting questions. I mean, you know, I mean, feel free to talk about how Netflix do it, or maybe you can't, but we can have a general discussion. That uh, you know, obviously, you've spent a lot of time focusing on accessibility uh, as one of your things. Therefore, I, I suspect everything you look at now, you naturally look at from the point of view of accessibility. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, it, it becomes, I think it's quite normal, and I don't know if this is the case in Netflix, but I think it becomes quite normal sometimes that some people on the team become specialists, someone with a specialist knowledge. Uh, and that's great because it gives someone the opportunity to get really in-depth and really get to understand something and become an expert. But equally, it then has the issue that if somebody else does something, then they maybe don't look at it that way, and then things like this maybe happen. Now, I don't know if things like this happen because you know, when you're A-B testing and you're shipping all the time, actually you're just trying to chuck stuff out there quickly so some of this stuff doesn't get done until you decide you know, the A-B test is working, then you put more work in. That's not saying that's valid or invalid. That's just the way sometimes people work. They throw out a quick and dirty um, just to find out if it works. Um, but really, you know, there are, if we're going to be serious about this, everybody should be looking at everything with an accessibility eye. So we should all have a minimum level of knowledge. Maybe it's great to have an expert around to help us. But do you, do you sense that people are still, you know, when there's an accessibility expert around, sometimes people just become to rely on that person to do it all and they get them a bit casual or... Or, yeah. um, no, I think... In this I'm not asking you to comment on colleagues. You know, no, no, just saying no. In general, do you feel, you're know, just looking around, is this what sort of happens in a way? We think, oh, John's the expert, he can sort this out. I think I think it, this is just a general kind of human nature thing. I think generally speaking, you're, you're right. People tend to have expertises and lenses through the which, and I think that's good on a team. You, you know, I think one thing that was said to me, and I, th- I think it's good, is that you can't become expert at something without having to make sacrifices to something else. And so when we actually hire and interview people, we try to, to, to tease that out. Uh, we don't want people who are going to ignore everything else. You can't have that. But if, you know, if it's good to have a variety of people and think about a sports team, you have some people are really good at free throws. Some people are really good at dunking. Some people are really good at playing defense, blah, blah, blah. So you tried to, that's the, it's the job of the coach to, to try and, and get a balanced team. Um, that said, there are certain things that are important enough that they have to be looked at everybody. You wouldn't ship an app that's not localized. You can't. I mean, you can't unless you only want it to work in one language. We can't. We're a global consumer products company. So we have to make the app as best as we can work for everyone. Um, and so, and I think that part of, part of my, whatever what i feel important to do because i care about this stuff it, it has to be sustainable it has to be so that that it's not just one person you know looking at it and playing cleanup it's mostly just that if somebody is a trying to get something out and b focusing on their thing right so you do a test where performance is critical and and you're caring about shaving of seconds that you know you tend to then for instance do things where you might build more custom views and 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 not use zip files because you're trying to shave every millisecond and i get that and so as a result when you kind of go off the paved path you lose lots of the goodness i, mean, I think part of the reason why accessibility works so well on ios is just built in and and so that you know you you have to actually work hard to make it work badly um uh so but it's my it's my job then I think to, to to educate and that's what I do. So every time that something goes wrong, I said, well, that's not a problem. All you have to do is make a screen movie or make a recording of it and saying this is how it is. 
this is how you fix it, and now this is how it's so much better. And then when you do that, especially when you can appeal to the the human you know side of it, saying, "Hey, you're gonna you're, you're gonna make it so much better for these people who depend on it, who love it." I mean, and and just just think about it. You know, it's like people. People like Netflix. People like their apps. People like you know. People like the things that they they use every day and depend on. So when you you disrupt it, you're you're not sparking joy. <laughs> so you know, let's keep sparking joy. And so that's what I did. So I'm be making a presentation internally, and that's great. And I'm happy that that I, in a way I'm glad that it happened because otherwise it would just be me saying, hey, you should you should care about this stuff. Um, and, and everybody says there, hey, we sh- you should care about it. I, I'm guilty of it myself. Some people have, you know, people have given me feedback on some things I've written. It's like, I know you love using zips because they're easy to, to, to modify and stuff. You put aside the kind of religious thing about whether you should or shouldn't use them. There is an overhead for them. And so if you're not careful, it can get out of hand. And they were absolutely right because, you know, in many cases, if, if you have a, a zip file that's being decoded in a view that gets presented once, you would never notice it if you have it in the context of a scrolling feed of any kind and it gets recycled every every second second works so you know you better make sure that you decode and 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 cache and and you know before scrolling ever begins and you also better be really careful about about how much is in any one zip file and maybe you need to cascade it that's kind of related to what I'm talking about so it's 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 there where where teams can really work well together when you have people who are expert and they can show you their world and everybody's kind of happy to, to learn and, and able to teach. Well, that sounds, I mean, I, I like the, just going back a little bit on some of you said, the fact that you're now going to do a, a, a presentation on it. So I think it's great when, when something gets wrong, if people are corrected in a positive way, here's how it could be better. If the culture is one of, we all want to learn, and okay, here's an opportunity to teach. Let's get on with it. That sounds like a really positive culture, as opposed to, you got this wrong, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fix it. Which uh, I've worked on teams where that's like that. Yeah, where code reviews are so aggressive or feature things, and it's like, why would I ever want to put anything in front of anybody? Um, whereas when it's a case of, uh, uh, you know, let's be a better team together. Let's produce a better product together. But this way of getting balance is is really difficult. It's having a conversation with. Um, uh, someone a couple of days ago about a project I worked on where um, I think this is quite popular in many companies so we would work on feature teams um, so we would be a team that were in, in this case it was something to do with passwords on, on an application um, and so the team was put together and I was the iOS engineer and there was an Android engineer and there was a web developer and there was a designer and our job was to you know, across the suite of apps and the websites and the whole system itself you know, redesign and work on the way passwords were handled um, and, and make sure there was consistency and we all understood the same reasons. And from the point of view of producing a great feature, that works really, really well because, you know, you, you, you try and get the common the common parts of it. You understand the, the differences in each per person's platform and how that's going to work and how that can then fit with still maintaining a common feel and understanding across it. Um, and so as far as the consistency of application uh, features, especially particularly UI-wise, um, it was really, really good. Uh, and it stopped, you know, it made just things work really well. But when it came to, like, then, well, what about some general architectural cleanup that was needed in the iOS app or the Android app? Of course, at that point, it began to fall down because no one was actually responsible for that bit in its own right. And 
you know, so it became, a, oh, that's not my job type of thing, or that stops my delivery dates. So, yeah, there's no, everything has a compromise somewhere. Um, and, uh, you know, I think in the end that was solved by, you know, once every month or two months there'd be a week of, you know, where you actually just form, you know, um, uh, platform teams so all the ios developers would spend a week getting together and just like saying okay what do we really need to fix in the app that's just to do with the infrastructure or the architecture and let's get that done before we go back to features so it, it can be made to done but this whole idea of learning from one another and cooperating on things but understanding there's always going to be something whichever way you focus there's always going to be something that is going to be secondary and you have to have a way of dealing with that that is positive as opposed to negative is is quite important Indeed, indeed. Well, Scotty, I you know uh, I'm noticing that you're extra chipper, which means that you're probably here on the West Coast, aren't you? Well, I don't know why I'm extra chipper because it's eight thirty in the morning, and I'm really not very good in the mornings. So yes, I am. I'm here in here, here at the Valley with all the uh, you know ninety five percent of the world's techies. <laughs> And a hundred twenty percent of the of the overprivileged. <laughs> yeah, I should. It's definitely not ninety percent of the world's techies. It's probably ninety percent of the world's Teslas. Right. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> down here. Yeah, I, I'm down here. We're working stuff here for a couple of weeks. Uh, so it's um, yeah, it's uh, it's nice to be I'm enjoying the sunshine. It's very wet and cold at home, so it's uh, particularly nice to be uh, to be in a little bit of sunshine around here. But uh, that's fun. But uh, you know, some of the things I'm. Uh, I'm working on it at the moment are quite frustrating, shall we say. I've been um been working on it, uh, you know, one of those horrible things where we have an intermittent crash mm. in an app and uh you can never quite tell if it's gonna happen. You don't have any you, know, you don't have any exact steps to reproduce it, but if you do these eight things, then it might happen one time in a hundred if you do those eight things in that order all the time. Um and just establishing that could take take a load of time um and you know it's going to be something simple um you know i'm suspecting it's got something to do with here with something being uh deallocated in an order that's you know just this is why it's random because it's if something gets deallocated in one order it crashes and if it gets deallocated in another order it doesn't type of thing so it's going to be that type of bug and so i had this uh, uh really bright idea that okay trying to trying to reproduce this crash is with these sort of like eight or nine steps is really you know, incredibly hard. I mean, I can make it happen. I just, you can just spend all day literally just doing these eight steps. And when you get the crash, you can then look at your stack trace and do whatever else. And you say to yourself, well, if only I'd had logging here or logging there, I could have worked something else out. Um, so I, I came up with this idea, well, why don't I write some UI tests that do these eight steps and just have the UI test run again and again and again. And every time it crashes, I can look at the logs and then, um, uh, you know, and then say, well, actually, if I'd had stuff here and then i could just press the button and it'll go off and run it another 200 times until it crashes again i thought genius absolute genius <laughs> and, <laughs> i'm quite huh? modest about myself um apart from um you know xcode ui testing is shit <laughs> okay well there's our title uh, <laughs> it's um okay first of all let's say this is on the mac not ios um and uh it's it works with the it's uh works with the accessibility identifiers is the way UI testing works. Uh so you need accessibility to set up. Uh but the the I I'm I'm gonna caveat that, you know. Xcode UI testing is shit in certain circumstances of which I think I am in one <laughs> right now. Um now sadly uh, uh, the steps that are involved in this revolve 
around some reasonably complex manipulation of a NS outline view, including doing some drag and drop and then some deleting of items from uh, from from it. Uh, and so you think the natural way to do this is just to use the UI test recorder that was came in Xcode is Xcode seven or so, where you you know, you, you create your test um, function and you put your cursor in it and you press the little record button. It launches the app and you go do the stuff and it records um, records what you're doing and um, writes all the code and then you've got your test. Yeah, if you really want to launch a window, press a button, see that a dialog comes up and dismiss it. That works fantastic. You go and give that a go, trying to manipulate an NS outline view. It absolutely has no idea what it's doing, and it just gets totally and utterly lost. And the point is, then, and then the app just hangs, and it and it doesn't work. And no matter how many times you try it, um, uh, yeah, it just really doesn't do it. Now, initially, I thought, well, maybe this has got something to do with the accessibility um, identifiers are not really set up properly on the outline view, and it's therefore disc- you know, it can't you know. It knows that you want to click this particular disclosure triangle, but it's got no way of saying in code how to recognize that that cell in order to, in, in later when it wants to replay the test, identify that cell because, um, you know, it's going, so I've just went back through the app and made sure that we were setting up um, proper uh, accessibility identifiers on all the cells that were being created for NS outline view. And it uses the well, we use the identifier as opposed to the label, so we could you know, that was actually quite useful because it could set some nice um, uh, information that identified stuff well for logging and everything. Um, but it's still no, just no way this uh, the recorder wants to play ball. So I thought, okay, that was um, yeah, that's that that's going to be a problem. But I still think yeah, it's worth you know, this. This crash is you know it's important enough that we need to get it fixed. So. Um, maybe I'll just spend the time writing the code myself to make this work, you know, in the test. So writing the test code of to manipulate the stuff using the, um, the XCUI element and XCUI element query, is it? The mm-hmm. the the ones, I can never remember quite the class names you got in there. Uh, and it's fine, I get going and I get my outline view loaded and, you know, get to the first thing, discover the disclosure triangles using all the identifiers. As soon as you try and go more than one layer deep, it just stops. Never works. Never finds anything. None of the identifiers are ever being set. Uh, and so, in the end, I said, "Sod it! <laughs> I can't, can't make this work." I mean, there's only so. I mean, this was trying to make something fine, but there's only so much time you can invest in this, and it's left me with a. Um, I'm sure this stuff. You know what it's done is I've learned. I've not really done UI testing in Xcode that much before, so I could just be being a complete prat who doesn't know what he's doing. I accept that that could be the case. Um, I don't think I am. But that could always be the case. Uh, I can see definitely how, what you were just saying, in iOS where accessibility is, uh, I'm not going to use the word simpler, maybe um, more exposed, um, uh, and where the UIs tend to be simpler, uh, constructually, maybe not in the way that look, um, how this could work great. But, uh, yeah, on a complex Mac application, it's really, um, it's let me down. Uh, do you ever was a little bit disappointed? Do you ever get the feeling that NS outline view is just kind of like the uh, <laughs> I don't know the the problem child of UI kit? Oh, sorry, of app kit. <laughs> it is. Do you know what I? I mean, in Moneywell recently, I was looking. Obviously, the the right hand side, left hand side, um, 
source view of MoneyWell in, in the current UI as an outline view. We were redeveloping that part of the UI, and I thought, well, you know, NS Outline View is such an old class. Everybody says, you know, ooh, it's like it's, you know, whatever you just called it in AppKit. Let's let's get um, you know, let's put something else in there. But when it comes down to it, no it's the only thing that does the job, no. and it actually does the job really, really well. Um, if you want to do outlines, and funnily enough, it's strange, this NS Outline View is probably the right class to use. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, this stuff. Yeah. Someone thought of this. Right. Yeah, but it just, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't play well with this. Uh, uh, for, I've not been able to get it to play. So, and of course, you know, if you if you try and Google uh, UI tests in Xcode, it turns out not a lot of people are using them. Mm. Um, if you if you try and Google. Uh, Mac OS UI tests in Xcode. It just laughs. Yeah, you're, you're beginning to move into a desert. Yeah. Um, and basically, if you if you start googling NS Outline View UI tests Xcode, okay. <laughs> it's it's like which planet are you on, person? <laughs> yeah, you you maybe get two entries of you know, of Google trying to give you some random information because it hates to ever return a blank screen. But well, it really yeah, has been struggling. But it's it's, like it's two other people asking the same question <laughs> to know yeah. responses. <laughs> Exactly. So basically, you end up in the Billy No Mates list. <laughs> it's, so yeah, so it's a complete pain in the ass. So if anyone out there, if any, if our listener happens to have just done you know, with an outline, oh, I couldn't even thought of it. We should, you know, we should have a segment called "Dear Fractional Listener," where we ask yeah. our fractional listeners to help with the most obscure problems. <laughs> Every week, we'll have a new skill because there's one fractional. It's like there's a voiceover cursor. There's like a listener cursor somewhere across the world. <laughs> Yeah. It's somebody's turn to have to listen and therefore answer questions. And we spoke about a rotor about uh, having a, a exactly. listener rotor. So basically, if we put if we put out in advance what we're talking about, they can get the experts on to listen to that episode. <laughs> I know, and then everybody will fear you know telegraphing their expertise for out of concern of being chosen to have to listen to us. <laughs> yes. So uh, so unfortunately, I'm back to uh, I had to abandon that, and I'm. Back to just uh, extensive logging using, um, and obviously we want to catch this in the wild as well now. So rather than just using print statements, we're sort of just uh, uh, doing OS log mm. um, stuff. So it turns up in the old console logs and everything, and designing that. But it is it is quite frustrating. And I think it's I th- but do, through doing all this and playing and doing it again and again and again and again and again, it's one of those things now that I know where the crash is. I know why it's crashing. I know what causes the crash. I just can't ever replicate the circumstances that bring those three things together in this course until i know that i can't fix it <laughs> so yeah there we are the joy of debugging eh yeah so speaking of debugging i think ios 13.1 or 13.2 still needs some debugging i don't know whether it's just me but i, f- I found numerous applications where uh, they just don't accept touches. That I, well, they're, at least they're they're freezing. I've had to restart, and it, at first I thought, okay, it's third party buggy apps, but it's not. I've had it happen with you know the the phone app, the messages app, photos app. I'll just launch it, and just it goes out, out to lunch, doesn't receive touches, um, and and I don't know. I don't know if, what your experience has been, but uh, I I think we have to. Uh... We need to to take a look back at what will be the norm here. And I I think we have to ignore iOS 12 because I think iOS 12 was an unusual release that it was actually was just a stability type of release on the whole. So um, 
the fact that it worked well from day one is because that's exactly what it was designed to do in a way. So mm. I, I think we need to go back and look at might be 11 and 10 and mm. you know, in whatever and take that. And out of that, we would traditionally get, you know, iOS 0.0 on, you know, phone release day or just a week before or something like that. Followed maybe three or four weeks later by uh, a 0.1 release where, you know, the speed always got better, the quality always got better, and it was always, what, I mean, th- three or four weeks later. Um, I I think that this, you know, we have to see this year as differently because 0.1 came days later. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we can probably treat 0.1 as a normal 0.1. And what would normally we'd expect from the point one will come in point two would be my guess, um, because it's like a, yeah it, it's because the pattern's different. It's not the same pattern. I mean, everyone when when point one arrived in beta before even uh, point zero had been released, that I've, I can't remember ever that happening before. No, um, that was the big clue. So I think to expect the same things from thirteen point one that we'd have expected from twelve point one or eleven point one is probably being unreasonable. Or not, maybe not unreasonable. Um, we shouldn't be surprised. Maybe I should say. Um, and so, yeah, it's normally iOS is not great for the first month, and then it gets better with the point one. So, um, hopefully, that means I'm hoping that it's the point two that solves these problems. Um, but we'll have to wait and see, I guess, because it could yeah. still be bloody terrible there. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say. I should. I feel mean because I, you know. Uh, whatever whatever challenges I think that I face is, is with doing the Netflix app, it's a tiny drop compared to to, to doing an OS. So um, for all yeah, the hard, I mean, uh, yeah. For... but yeah, it's still it's still a, a, an engineering job, and the job is to ship quality where you can. I mean, and I know that's not down to just engineers; that's down to culture and timings and management and all the rest of it. So it's unfair to blame. You know, any company's engineers for the product, you have to blame the company for the product as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's so many so many influences. But, uh, you know, uh, it is, at the end of the day, it's just more engineering. So And trade wars. Too much slack. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, uh, well, we should probably um, uh, think about uh, uh, wrapping up there. But, we um, should indeed. I have many more woes I could share from from this week, but I will save up no. my, uh, save my, my your gushing. woes. Save your woes. That's another title right there. <laughs> yeah, save your. I can't remember what the other ones were. It's whatever one I remember when we come to put it up on the website. Yeah. Yeah, right, like... John. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you again after all these weeks. Well, thank you, Scotty. Thank you for finally answering. Now I can get out of my room. Um, so, Scotty, if if people want to find you on the internet and flag you down and and say mean or nice things to you, how might they do that? They can say whatever they like to me on Twitter is MacDevNet and uh, on micro.blog is Scotty. Or, of course, they can send us one of those old-fashioned emaily things by sending an email to feedback at iDeveloper.co. And, John, if people wish to um, keep you company in your little room, where should they do it? <laughs> well, drive to this coordinate. No, just kidding. Uh, you can just find me on the Twitters where I'm Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. Well, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Hopefully it's been worth the two-week or three-week, whatever it's been, wait. I was on vacation. Oh, I don't know. It's been two or three weeks. And uh, thanks for listening. And until next time, you take care.